I didn't deserve it. I did nothing to earn it, but thank God for his mercy. You've been good to me, Jesus. You've been good to me, Jesus. My, 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 my. There is no doubt that the Spirit of the Lord is here. And I believe he has come to bless us. He has come to touch us. He has come to help us today. Amen. How many got time for a little bit of word this morning? <laughs> my, my, my. Can we clap our hands together and give honor to God right now? I just feel like doing that. Somebody thank God for the victory that's in this house. Somebody thank God for the renewing of the Holy Ghost. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. We worship you, Jesus. My, 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 my. Amen, amen, amen. I'll make mention of it later, but thank you, Pastor and Sister Bradford. Bishop, thank you so much for your time yesterday and your investment. means a lot to me. Isaiah 9, verse number 7, verse, verse 6 is really awesome, but verse 7 gives us insight into the heavenly realm. When it says of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. The kingdom of God is always growing. The kingdom of God is about growth and maturity. God gave gifts to the church so that this could be in place. Gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers all for the maturing, the perfecting of the saints so that they might work in the ministry and edify the body of Christ. You can be seated here in just a moment, but we're going to read our text uh, Hebrew, we're going to turn to Deuteronomy 6. And for everybody, you can be seated. We'll, just, we'll read the text this morning sitting down. Amen. I got you guys all confused. Praise God. <laughs> oh, my. We're going to have a good time today. Hey, you know, it's good to see my famous friends all the way from across town. Amen. Brother David, Sister Stephanie. Amen. God bless you. Two of the greatest discoveries, I really should say revelations in space science was the first is that, and this is really good, you gotta, you gotta, that the planets don't revolve around the earth, but they revolve around the sun. And it's not in a, uh, there's, this is a big word I, I Googled and found, helical, like you know, you see these models where it's just a, this a flat surface and you've got the sun in the middle and planets circling the sun. Boy, I, I should preach that one day. The world don't revolve around you, but everything's about the sun. Everything's about the sun. But, but the sun is pulling us through the atmosphere. And so the place where we were last year, in space is not the place where we are now because it's all about growth. My desire today, I, I, my desire today is to help somebody that is frustrated in their walk with God, that is interested in taking the next step. And I pray that by the time I'm finished with this lesson this morning, 
you will know exactly what to do. Take your next step in your relationship with the Lord. It's like it was told to the people of Israel, you've circled this mountain long enough. Now it's time. Go, go, move on in Jesus' name. So that takes us to our text this morning in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter and the fourth verse. You can remain seated. Amen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Let's look at verse 3. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that they may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody say, help the preacher today, dear Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And I'm praying, Lord, help the saints today. <laughs> we end this together. The book of Genesis is so interesting to me. And really the first chapter is about creation, not making up 50 chapters in the whole book. Why is it that God would choose to spend 14 chapters of the book of Genesis on Joseph and not about creation? Reason I feel that is because this physical world that we know is going to pass away. We're told that in the book of Revelation. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. But there are some concepts and some things that happened in Joseph's life that are eternal. That will carry us through. There is more that we can learn from the life of Joseph than we can about creation. One of these things that is said about Joseph's life, a theme, is that it's about dreams. One of these, some of these dreams we're going to look at this morning, we're going to look first at Pharaoh's dream. Said, I was laying in my bed and there was a river and seven well favored kind and fat-fleshed, they fed in a meadow. There on the other side of that river there rose seven skinny cows. And those skinny cows ate the fat cows, and the skinny cows remained the same. Said, I woke, and there I was troubled, and I went back to sleep, and the dream came to me again. But this time it was seven fat ears of corn and seven withered ears of corn that ate the fat corn and the skinny corn remained the same. I'm telling you this morning that that is the absolute antithesis of the picture of God's plan and of God's kingdom. When we devour and when we eat of this precious word of God every time we come to church, he intends that we leave different than the way that we came. He intends for us to eat of the best and to take of that to a place where they will provide life and sustenance. You come to church often and you are not growing. There is something wrong. If you are coming to church and hearing the finest preaching and singing and the finest of the Spirit of God is washing over you and you remain the same, shame on you. And I intend this morning to put my finger on that which will help you to not live malnourished, but to go forth strengthened in Jesus' name today. 
Anybody agree with me on that this morning? Second Timothy, the third chapter, often we hear it, especially in the 21st century in which we live. The last days, perilous times are going to come, and it gives a whole list of crazy things. But we look at verse number 7, and this is what really frightens me. It says that there are going to be some that are ever learning. There are going to be a lot of skinny cows in the church ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I would say this morning that in this next dream, there is an interpretation. At least as far as I'm concerned, as far as the message this morning, the baker came to Brother Joseph and said, I had a dream, and there were three white baskets upon my head. These white baskets, I suppose, could represent the cleanliness, rather, of the Pharisees. Whitened sepulchers on the outside, but on the inward were full of dead men's bones. He said, on the utmost basket as I was carrying it all, that bread on my head to give to the Pharaoh. The birds came and ate all of the bread out of those baskets. And the problem with the baker, the interpretation was you're going to lose your life. And I would submit to you this morning, the reason that the baker lost his life is because he was carrying misplaced bread. Misplaced bread. And that's my title this morning. Misplaced bread. He was carrying the bread on his head when he should have been high. I'm talking spiritual now. We've crossed over. When he should have been carrying the word in his heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. First Samuel, the ninth chapter. Boy, I feel like I'm full of arrows tonight, and I feel like every arrow is hitting home right now. Bible tells us about a man. I'll describe him. Man of the tribe of Benjamin. He was a man mighty of power. This young man's name was Saul. Saul was a choice young man and goodly. Among all of those that were there, there was not a goodlier one than he. From his shoulders and upward. The place of Brother Saul's demise is found in 1 Samuel 15. When he was given instruction to kill all of the Amalekites. And the scripture says in 1 Samuel 15 in the first verse, the Lord has anointed you, Brother Saul, over his people. The first test is now, therefore, hearken to the voice of the words of the Lord. But Brother Saul, there was a disconnect between the head and the heart. The instruction came to his shoulders and upward but never matriculated, never matured and graduated down to the place of his heart. And so Brother Saul kept back the best, kept back a part for himself. 
I could preach about secret sin right now. I could preach about that besetting sin right now. The problem is not that you don't know, but the problem is where you're carrying the bread. And here's what Brother Samuel had to say in 1 Samuel 15 and 22. The Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying that word right there is the path from the head to the heart. Obedience. The interpretation of Pharaoh's dream, seven years of booming, and there's going to be seven years that are so severe and famine that the years of booming will not be remembered. Amos, the 8th chapter, in the 11th verse, the prophet picks up the pen and writes in Holy Script talking about the day that we're living in. Behold, the day comes, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land. But it's not going to be a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing of the word of the Lord. There's not going to be a lack of preachers. There's not going to be a lack of preaching. But where the famine's going to take place is in the ear. There are going to be those skinny cows that are always hungering for more, that are always itching for teachers that have itching ears, that are always looking for the profound word, that are always coming and learning. But they're never being Fattened, strengthened, blessed, or encouraged. They can come on a Sunday morning and hear the finest preaching and leave and on Monday morning are doing the same thing they were doing on Friday night. Hearing the word. So Brother Joseph tells Brother Pharaoh, this is the answer. My God. What you need to do is seek out a man in the land of Egypt that is discreet and wise and set him over the land. And the answer to the famine in this day that we're living in. Hallelujah. I'm starting to feel some Holy Ghost right now. As you've got to find yourself a man. Romans 10 and verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall I call upon them whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? You need a pastor. If Brother David needed a Samuel and a Nathan, if Cornelius needed a Peter, if Saul and Paul needed an Ananias, in 2021, I need a pastor. I need a pastor. Hmm. <laughs> if I'm going to survive the famine in the last day, I got to find out a man here on this earth in Egypt that'll instruct me and that'll help me. That'll show me where to store the grain so that in this famine my family can be fed and my children can be fed and my family can go on in Christ and we can live until we cross over. If you're thankful for the man of God in your life, 
I would that you would clap your hands and give God thanks right now. My God. Hallelujah. That's just the first half to the answer. Second half is in this word we're going to look at. Some scribes and Pharisees came to Jesus, Matthew 12 and 29, and they said, they, uh, what is the first commandment of all? Jesus, without hesitation, said, the first commandment is to hear, O Israel, hear, greater Bakersfield. You've got us somewhere across the, over from the head to the heart, and you need to hear. That word here means Shema. It means more than just letting the sound waves of a good sound system hit your ear. But that word means to hearken, and that word means to, uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm going to say it, Brother Saul. I know you don't like it, Brother Saul, but you need to obey. You need to obey. You got to crucify your pride. You got to crucify your flesh. You need to say, Jesus, I know that you know better, and I'm going to obey. Fear, fear, fear. Exodus 19 and 5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, uh, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all of the earth is mine. If you'll obey my voice indeed and keep my commandments, that word there is Shema. Uh, Psalm 27 and 7. Uh, Shema, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and have mercy upon me and answer me. Uh, we ask that the Lord would do something. We ask God, would you hear me? Uh, what we're saying is, God, uh, I want you to hear my prayer. And I want you to do something about this situation I'm in. Uh, and what God is saying, uh, would you hear, uh, O Israel, the Lord. Lord, our God is one Lord. Would you hear while I'm talking to you? I've got your answer, and your answer is to hear. Proverbs 20 and 12, the Shema ear, the hearing ear, and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even the both, the both of them the difference in between loss of life, Brother Baker, and living, Brother Baker, is in that one word. You've got to hear Revelation 2 and 7, Revelation 2 and 17, Revelation 2 and 29, Revelation 3 and 13, Revelation 3 and 22. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Brother Saul, the reason you were rejected wasn't because you had all of the talent. The reason you were rejected and you did not live on the throne wasn't because you did something major. But the problem, Brother Saul, the reason I have turned my heart from you is all in that word. You didn't hear. You frustrated in your walk with God. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you, there's nothing wrong with the conduit. There's nothing wrong with the pastor. There's nothing wrong with the source. There's nothing wrong with the word. But there's somewhere, the path, there's an obstruction. There's an obstruction. There's an obstruction. 
there's an obstruction. The sad thing about Brother Saul, Brother Saul, you too lost your life by an Amalekite that you refused to kill because you carried the bread on your head. There is a, a verse in Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter, verse 31, that absolutely frightens me to my core. You could put it on the slide. Exodus 33, verse 31. The Lord says, complaining to his prophet, he said, I'm giving you words. I'm giving you messages. You're seeking my face. It, 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 and it's almost as in consolation to a discouraged preacher. The Lord says, they come unto thee as people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people. They've got, they've got everything together. They hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with they, their mouth, they show love. You hear that? You see that? The ear that's on the head. They, they hear the words, but it doesn't go down to their heart. Their heart goes after covetousness. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands right now. You want to go to the next level in Christ? Are you tired of besetting sins today? I've come with your answer. Here, 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 here. One of the craziest diseases, one that I personally fear in the natural and in the spiritual, especially preaching around this wonderful nation, beautiful churches, monitors. And there's this disease, and if I understand it correctly, auditory agnosia, in which you, you, you can, and, and I, I even know some preachers. I, I'm not a doctor, but I've diagnosed a lot of preachers with this. You can be sitting with them in a restaurant, and you could look at them, and they'll be looking right at you, and you say something. It's like they don't even hear what you're saying. But they hear everything else. Amen. I ain't throwing stones. My wife says I sometimes suffer from that. Praise God. Take out the trash. There's something wrong. I don't. <laughs> but this disease, auditory agnosia, you can't tell the difference between a car engine, a plane, and words. You're unable to really focus. John, the 12th chapter and the 28th verse. Actually, let's just look at verse, yeah, let's look at verse 28. The word of Jesus, Father, glorify their name. Glorify thy name. There came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified. A voice from heaven. You guys see that? A voice from heaven came saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Look at verse 29, what happens. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said, oh, that's just thunder. That's just thunder. That's just another evangelist on another Sunday morning. And others said, no, that was an angel. 
And look at verse number 30. And Jesus answered and said, this voice didn't come for me, but it came for your sakes. And as I preach the word of God this morning, Brother McAllister, would you come help me? And I cast the bread across this congregation. I get the feeling that it's landing in a lot of different places. But what I really feel the most is that I, as I cast the bread, there are birds. Yeah, yeah, there are birds that are circling me. <laughs> there are birds that are circling me. And they're wondering, what are you going to do this morning with the bread? And as I preach, literally save lives. And I hear the voice of God saying, breathe and live. There are some. There are some that are involved in the service of the king that have white baskets. But the basket was never meant to be the permanent place for the bread. can get the bread in my heart, my life will be saved. And if the bread is in my heart, then those standards will keep me safe. They'll carry me all the way. The reason you're frustrated, you're looking at the preacher, you're looking at the church, you're looking at sister so-and-so who you just can't understand why. You're looking, you're looking at your spouse. You're looking at your children. When God is saying that's not the problem. You go to prayer and it feels like you're, you're, you're praying to a brazen heaven. When the word is coming to you. Would you hear? Would you hear? going to step out on a limb right now. There are some in this house that know better. You know better. You know better. You know better. Your family in anguish praying for you. Asking God to change you. Asking God to work in you. It's like one by one. They're seeing you become weaker and weaker. Because situation, after temptation, after situation, after temptation, the varmint with wings. The convictions, my God, 
the convictions that the pastor and the bishop, Brother Terry, before him preached, are of no value. You feel as though you're doing the king's service. You're losing your life. And all the while, you know better. You're breaking our hearts. No conviction. And I've come to tell you today. Brother Saul, you've got everything you need to succeed. There's nothing wrong with the source. There's nothing wrong with the man. But the problem is that you are not here. like Mary this morning who said whatever he says you want a miracle you're at a place where you need a change you get that you're at the place where you need a change you're at the place where it seems hopeless where you run out of sustenance where you run out of what you need whatever he says Whatever he says, do it. Well, there's auditory agnosia on the other end of the spectrum. You have something called perfect pitch. As we stand together this morning. Perfect pitch. Somebody could be talking. I have a friend that has perfect pitch. and I'll be talking to him. And he, matter of fact, he plays the piano at a very good church. And. He says, Brother Hopkins, did you know that you talk in the key of E? Man, like, couldn't you give me A flat or something good? You know you talk in the key of E? You know that your wife talks in the key of, remember what it was. You know, pastor preaches in the key. There's this one guy who comes, oh, he's so cool. Guess what key he talks in? He talks in G flat. Well, how do you know that, Brother Devin? Because I've got perfect pitch. One dark, dark night there was a young man who heard a voice and that voice said Samuel Samuel this is interesting guess where he went he said did you call me pastor and the pastor said no, no, no Samuel, Samuel, Pastor, no, no, I'll tell you what, Samuel, I think God's working on your ears. 
And so the next time you hear that call, the next time you come to Greater Bakersfield and you, and you feel the preacher preaching to you, the next time you come to the house of God and you know I need a change, Brother Samuel, Don't look at anybody else but say, here am I. Here am I. Here am I. Here am I. You know, I think everybody in this house has raised their hands right now. Say, here am I. Would you say that from your heart? Here am I. Does anybody feel those baskets from your head moving to your heart when you say that? Say it this way. Here, H-E-A-R, am I? I'm here to listen to what you have to say, Jesus. Then Peter said unto them, hearken, listen to what I have to say. You're wondering what you need to do. You need to repent. You need to repent. There are some in this house you need to repent today. There are some in this house you need to get off of the line and you need to step in and you need to live for God with all of your heart. <laughs>